Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by Una, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Tony Correccio. Tony is the chief customer officer and a board member at PortPro, a company that provides transportation management software for drage carriers. So hi, Tony. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. Looking forward to our discussion. Absolutely. It's always a good day for a supply chain conversation, right? Yes, always. Now, I shared a little bit about your current role in my intro, but what else might it be interesting for people to know about your professional experience? Yeah, so I can give you just a really quick overview on on Port Pro and a little bit about myself. I think that will help shape the conversation for today. So as you mentioned, I'm the chief customer officer at Port Pro, and Port Pro's main product is called DreOS, and that's a SaaS software as a service operating system for drayage trucking companies. And um, for those that are not familiar with the term drayage, these are the truckers picking up containers in and out of the seaports and the rail yards. This is also known as the first mile portion of logistics. And what we do is we help carriers run their business more efficiently so they can focus on growing revenue, providing better service to their customers, and staying ahead of the game in a fiercely competitive market. So I've had the pleasure of building and continuing to build an incredible team of drayage and customer service experts who guide our clients every step of the way from the moment they onboard DreOS into their operations until they go live onto the system. And then we're there to service them beyond that for however long they're working with Port Pro. Um, A little bit about myself, trucking is actually in my blood. I grew up in a 70-year-old family trucking company and warehouse business, yep, located in and around New Jersey. And so what really excites me is seeing these carriers who traditionally run on spreadsheets, paper and pen, and antiquated server-based systems transform their operation using our technology. So I love that you know, we're able to make such a positive impact on everyone in the operation from the truck driver to the administrative folks who can all operate more efficiently than they've ever dreamed of and ever dreamed of. And the last thing that I can kind of say is um, what's a little bit different about me is that I've actually been on all sides of the market. So from growing up in the trucking industry, working on Wall Street and in venture capital, actually looking at supply chain tech companies to invest in, and now operating at a venture capital backed supply chain tech startup in the trucking industry. So it all comes back, you know, back around full circle and uh, looking forward to continuing the conversation and sharing more of my experience. Well, and I'm glad that you brought all of that up, right? Certainly, growing up in trucking, having a lot of experience, joining a a firm that's been around for decades. One of the things I think anybody in supply chain has experienced over the last three years is now everybody, including, you know, Uncle Frank and Ani Netta are convinced that they know how the supply chain works because they found or did not find toilet paper or 
their Amazon packages showed up or did not show up. And it seems like that same dynamic is carrying over into the solution space. There have been all of these new tech companies popping up from founders that see something broken from outside of the space and say, oh, I can fix this. And, you know, we've been watching the same thing in procurement. I'd be really interested to get your perspective on why it, certainly new ideas are always welcome, but why might it be advantageous to be a supply chain logistics tech founder with an actual logistic background? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So, you know, I've actually seen this a lot over the last five to 10 years, um, having operating, you know, my own company, but then also working in venture capital, where, for example, I've seen all of these uh, logistics tech companies popping up that have gone out and raised hundreds of millions of dollars because they noticed that there's such a big opportunity for that sort of product in the market and that the trucking industry as a whole has a large TAM, total addressable market. Mm -hmm. It's a really big problem to tackle. But then when I was looking at the companies, I'm like, wow, a lot of these tech companies are Silicon Valley type executives that actually don't have a trucking background. And I think with us, um, it just it just provides a different level of credibility to our customers. And when we go and speak with our customers who are trucking companies, right? Um, and I'm able to talk the language because I understand trucking and, and what they're going through. It just really is what makes us unique and, and a trusted source. Now, one of the other tech conversations going on that I'd like to give you an opportunity to weigh in on is sort of this ongoing debate between which is better, an ecosystem made up of best of breed point solutions, and you know maybe they all sit on a BI layer or brought together through some type of integration, or is it better to go with one of the end-to-end platform or suite solutions? What's the process that you would recommend companies go through when figuring out which path is best for them? Yeah, that's that's also a great question. So I am a firm believer in choosing the best products and then making sure that they are all integrated mm-hmm. in order to automate your workflow. So just as an example, us at Port Pro, we are we have a you know, for the size company that we are, we have a really advanced tech stack using all the best tech products there are. So for example, we're using Salesforce as our CRM. We use Pandadoc for our proposal software. We use Stripe for our payment processing. We use Gainsight as our customer success module. We use Jira as our ticketing management system, right? And there's there's a plethora of others. And while all of these different tools are great, the, it makes a lot more sense and provides a lot more efficiency if we can take all these tools and integrate them together and make sure that our processes are automated. So just mm-hmm. as an example, if a prospect goes to our Port Pro, uh, I'm sorry, our website, portpro.io, and they go to request a demo with us on our website, that's linked to Chili Piper. And when they go and they set up that demo, it creates an opportunity in our Salesforce, which then creates an automatic 
proposal through our PandaDoc software. Now, once the customer signs that PandaDoc, it automatically creates their payment subscription in our Stripe payment processing account, which then, you know, it's, it, it just goes on and on and on. So making sure that we have all these best in class tools and having them integrated um, is, is from my, you know, my experience, the, the best, uh, the best solution. Now, the last thing that I'll add to that is a lot of our customers, which again, are these trucking companies have historically ran on antiquated server-based systems. And what comes with server-based systems is not no access to APIs, right? A lot mm -hmm. of them are EDI based. And so when choosing a company like Port Pro or whatever industry you're in and whatever software you're looking at, making sure, right, that it's a it's a modern, you know, hopefully web-based system that allows for those open APIs so that you can um, do these integrations to create more automation within your operations. And it does come down to the whole experience, right? Like certainly you can talk about it the way we are today and it sounds very slick, yeah. but really at the end of the day, what you're saying is it, it matters more in how it all comes together because of what it allows you and your team to make that experience feel like. So yep. if we think about the experience you're trying to create right from the moment of sort of, yes, I'd like to see a demo. It's interesting because that's where you go from customer experience to customer success and your title being chief customer officer at Port Pro, that becomes one of your main responsibilities. Now, a lot of this listening audience is in the procurement, in the sourcing side of things. So we are part of customer teams that are being onboarded all the time, but we're also regularly responsible for onboarding our own custom, our own company's suppliers. I'm curious about what procurement might be able to learn from your experience and apply to some of our supplier onboarding processes. Yeah. So, um, I would say, and I actually have this conversation um, all the time with our customers, again, who are trucking companies, right? Because it doesn't matter if you're a tech company or you're a, you know, you do procurement and you're onboarding suppliers or you're a trucking company and you're onboarding drivers or new customers, right? I think there's a lot to be learned from technology companies in terms of how they do things and then being able to take that modern process that has been tried and true among some of the fastest growing tech companies and applying it to maybe the the little bit older school trucking companies or procurement firms or, or whatever it may be um, and i actually just wrote a piece about this in fast company it, it's called crack the code on software onboarding and again this could really be tailored to really any sort of onboarding but we talk about five steps um, to capitalizing on customer enthusiasm. And I think that is a really interesting concept because when someone signs up with you, whether it's for your software or whether it's joining your trucking company or whether it's becoming a new supplier for a company, they're, they're, they usually are starting off with you because or signing up with you because uh, of a specific reason and they're looking yeah. forward to working with you. So how do you keep that enthusiasm and that momentum from the moment you sign on with the company? So one, 
understand how that company operates from the very first call. Build, start building a relationship with them, getting to know them, talking a little bit of, you know, outside of work type of converse, you know, topics. And again, just establishing who they are, what their goals are, um, I think is a great way to kick things off uh, when, when onboarding, again, really, really anybody. Um, from there, make the process structured and organized because people have full-time jobs, right? They're very, very busy. So make this process of onboarding suppliers or onboarding customers efficient, outlined, have an agenda, and make it quick. Because again, we're all all very busy. So the longer you drag it out and make it, it's this a you know a, a, an elongated process, the the faster you're going to lose their attention and kind of start to move away towards that customer um, or supplier enthusiasm. The next thing is make sure that you are working with that supplier, that customer, on establishing a project lead. So this is someone that's going to make sure that whatever we're asking them to get done, send them, you know, whether it's sending over certain documents or information that you need to onboard them or whatever it may be, there's one person in that organization that is owning that project that you can work with on holding accountable and empowering them to get whatever it is that you're requesting of them done faster. Um, and so what that means is, you know, explaining to them the value and, and reminding them of the um, the reason why they're working with you in the first place and talking about the value and, and keeping them excited. And that kind of goes into my next point here, which is instilling a sense of excited urgency. So we like to keep onboardings moving really, really quickly and efficiently. Um, and but that, but that being said, you know, you have other suppliers or other customers that you need to onboard. So if you're requesting that this person sends you X, Y, and Z, and you ask them to send it to you by Friday, and now it's next week, and, and they still haven't sent that over to you, it's like, how do you keep them excited um, and moving along the process? And so while we at Port Pro, you know, ask our account managers to keep our customers moving along the process and constantly remind them, hey, we need this by Friday. It's now Tuesday. We don't want to sense, we don't want to instill a sense of like uh, fearful urgency. Cause when you work, <laughs> when you use the word urgency, it has this like fearful connotation, right? So we we pitch the idea of like excited urgency, right? Hey, we need this by then. The sooner we get this, you know, the quicker you're going to be able to do A, B, and C, right? Um, and then the last thing I would say is collecting data to, to monitor success, right? So if you are um, onboarding a new supplier, or onboarding a new customer, um, look at the data, right? So how big is that supplier or that customer? How long did it take for you to get them through that onboarding process? Maybe we send them a survey halfway through the onboarding process or at the end of the onboarding process and say, hey, how was your experience, right? On a scale of one to five, how is your experience? And if they rate you a one, two, or three, make it required for them to fill out why. What mm -hmm. could we have done better, right? And then maybe if they rate you a four or five, that triggers an automated email talking about automation where it says, hey, thank you so much for the great review. Would you mind leaving us a really good review on G2 or Captera or 
you know, would you mind doing this customer tutorial yeah. video on on why it was such a pleasure working with this company because their onboarding experience was just super efficient, right? Um, so again, just keep in mind customers have or suppliers already have full-time jobs. So the easier you can make their lives, uh, the more you can build a relationship with them, the more you know they'll be excited and happy to work with you and the more efficient your internal processes will be. Well, and it's funny, you know, you talk about the the excited urgency. I've, I've certainly had this experience. I'm sure a lot of people listening in have where you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is going to be great. We're doing this new thing. We're all excited for the ROI or we're excited yep. for the things it's going to help us do. It doesn't take much of a roadblock for that to go from, hooray, this is awesome to what have we done? Yeah, right? that's so true. <laughs> and now you're in this place, you know, wait a minute something has to change. I have to yeah. change the way I've been doing this. Um, yeah. and, and I think acknowledging that up front, I'm sure you do a lot of like, all right, come on, we're going to like virtually hug this out. We're going to, it's going to be okay. Right. As you kind of take people through that process. Yeah. How do you manage some of the concerns and hesitancy that come up around change management. I mean, to get something new or to get something additional or better, something has to be changed or added or, or altered. And that doesn't always feel great when you're going through it. So despite sort of the incentive that's at the end of the road, how do you help companies go through that process of being okay with the change, figuring out how to manage it so that they do in fact get there? Yeah. Change management is, is, uh, such an important part of onboarding um, a company, whether, you know, for us on, onto a software or, you know, wh whatever it may be that you're onboarding for. But um, change management is definitely not talked about a lot. And I think really, really critical. And I actually took this LinkedIn course like a few months ago on change management, and it just brought up a lot of interesting topics and ways in which you could tackle change management within an organization. So I think what's important to note is that people are typically very comfortable doing what they've been doing for a long time, right? Yeah. And kind of like you said, when change occurs, people get a little bit frantic and they're like, what does this mean? And how is this going to impact me? And am I going to like this change? And, and they sort of freak out a little bit. Um, and so it's important to understand that change is change is overall a good thing, but how do we implement change within our company or within the people that we're onboarding's company while maintaining a good culture, right? Um, so that when people hear this change is coming, they don't freak out and then start gossiping and then, it, <laughs> then they're talking to their other <laughs> colleagues and then that ultimately affects culture, right? So um, the first thing is, what I said before about identifying like a, I'll call it a project lead, right? Yeah. Somebody at the supplier, somebody at the customer in which you are onboarding, establishing that person from the very beginning and having open and honest communication with that person to say, Hey, like these are the, the risks. These are, these are the pros. These are the different, you know, steps that we need to take. This is, this may impact your colleagues or your firm in, in these ways. And as long as you know the benefits and the pros and the cons and are able to 
keep the morale up internally, mm -hmm. right? Um, that's going to be a, that's going to make for a massive difference um, when it relates to uh, change management. So for example, um, with my customers, um, again, we're implementing a software and as part of this software, the truck drivers need to use a, a mobile application and the truck drivers can be very resistant on getting this new mobile application um, because they might be a little bit more old school. They might not, you know, have a smartphone or they may have one, but think they're being tracked or whatever the reasons <laughs> may be. Yeah. And so as long as you have that, as long as we identify that project lead and we explain to that project lead, Hey, your drivers might come back to you with X, Y, and Z. Just remind them though, that when they're using this app, it means that they're going to have to spend less time coming to the office every day, every week, because they don't have to drop off their paper at work anymore. They can just scan it in. Right. Or now they don't have to go there to, to, to view their, their driver settlements on a once a week basis. They have it, they have access to it in real time on their front, right from the palm of their hand and their, on their app. Right. So whatever the value is, just having that project lead constantly reinforce it and and bring that point up to make sure that we're keeping the morale up internally is is really going to go a long way when it comes to change management. Absolutely. Now, Tony, as we start to wind down the conversation, I want to bring you into a tradition that we have here at The Sourcing Hero. Everybody goes through this the first time they're they're on the show, so you're about to join the club. I'm going to give you two questions. You can choose either one and then there is no such thing as a wrong answer. So your options are, what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you? Or what do you think heroism looks like in a business context? Oh, wow. Great questions. I, uh, hmm. I think I'm going to go with the second one. What does heroism look like in a business context? And I'll kind of keep the same theme in which I've just been talking about. I could say one example of that is continuing the conversation regarding this like internal project lead. Um, I love when these project leads are able to successfully implement change management within their organization, successfully implement our software into their organization because then they become heroes at their companies, right? Um, once the teams and leadership see the positive impact on their bottom line and overall efficiency within their operations, that project lead becomes the hero to their people and their customers. And I, I just find that, find that to be really cool. It is rewarding when you can sort of spread the heroism, right? Set somebody else up for success. Maybe somebody that wouldn't otherwise get a, a ton of attention. Uh, not only does it accomplish something, but it's just amazing to see people realize that they've been able to make a difference and, and to see them experience the rewards of that. So I can completely appreciate your perspective on that. Now, Tony, if people are meeting you for the very first time, potentially also discovering Drage for the first time, depending on their background, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more, what is the best way for them to get in touch? Um, 
I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So I would say the best way to get in touch with me would be to follow or connect with me on my LinkedIn page. And that would be under Tony and Correccio, my full name. And for those that are interested in learning a little bit more about like the drayage industry and where that stands, we actually just put out this awesome 2023 state of the drayage industry report that's free to anyone that's looking to be updated on, 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 again, on drayage and where the industry stands. And this report was actually built off of the heels of us trying to put together our very first pitch deck years ago and putting together our slide on total addressable market and all these things and saying, there's no data on drayage, or you have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a research report just to get the size of the market and how many companies there are. So we ended up just taking all this data, paying for research and um, putting together this report for anyone that's interested in, in uh, getting up to speed on where the drayage industry stands today. Excellent. Tony, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.